Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. We are now engaged, said Abraham Lincoln, in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hollow this ground. The brave men and living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us. That from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave their last full measure of devotion. That we here highly resolve that these dead should not have died in vain and that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. That which we know as the Gettysburg Address took Abraham Lincoln about a minute and 45 seconds to read it. Some say that that was the beginning of Decoration Day, what we now know as Memorial Day, because it was a time in which our country dedicated the living to remember the dead. Others will trace the date of this great celebration to 1865 in Charleston, South Carolina, where widows went out and honored those who had given their lives. And still others will go to Waterloo, New York in the spring of 1866, about 18 months after the Civil War had ended to a time when a druggist thought it proper to remember those who had fallen. But whenever you date Memorial Day or Decoration Day, You remember that it is indeed a day that the living memorialize, recognize the price that was paid for their freedom. We will celebrate the Lord's table today. And we will recognize, memorialize the price that he paid for us 
as he gave his body and shed his precious blood. And in our lives, we need to grow together in this memorial so that we understand the responsibility that we have to live out the message, the sacrifice, the commitment that was made so that we can enjoy what we enjoy today. Growing together in memorial is important for us as believers because this we do in remembrance of him. And we proclaim his death until he comes to take us home. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now I had you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because there we understand the ministry of this memorial which God has given to us. I want you to look beginning in verse 11, please, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and follow along with me as I read down through the end of the chapter, verse 21. Therefore, now, stop. Anytime there's a therefore, you want to see what? That's exactly right. So you need to walk, walk back to verse 8. Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make our aim to please him. Why? For we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear there so that each one may receive what is due. We have a responsibility. Therefore, back to verse 11. Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he, God, made him Christ to be sin who knew no sin, that in him, Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. A memorial, a ministry of a memorial. 
Now we recognize that it is indeed a ministry. And in verse 11, the scripture says, we persuade others. The ministry that we have to this lost world is to let our light so shine before them that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We persuade others that there is something above themselves to live for. Now, in order to do that, we must believe that. We must recognize that we have a higher purpose. Now, this persuasion is visibly from our lives. It's also verbally from our lips. Verbally. Romans chapter 10. How should they believe in him in whom they've not heard, and how should they hear without a preacher? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. We have that responsibility, do we not? To fulfill the assignment God's given to us and to go into all the world and preach the gospel. John Paternoster this morning in Sunday school class was telling about his brother Dan. Dan had a bicycle accident four years ago, John. He now has cancer of the pelvis. Here's Dan's comment. I guess there are other doctors who still need to hear about Christ. Whoa! That's a ministry. A ministry of the memorial. This this isn't just something where we go and we plant a flag someplace and put our hands over our hearts and and feel good about ourselves. We, We persuade people. Invisibly. They shall know that we are his children by our love. One for another. That's part of our ministry. Scripture says that one day, verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I was talking with a dear friend on the phone this week. I said, how you doing? He made this comment. He said, I'm behaving myself because I don't want you to have to lie at my funeral. Huh? Huh? One day it's going to happen, guys. And the ministry we have is the persuading of those who need to know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Now, how do you do that? Paul tells us about the energy that we use. Verse 14, for the love of Christ constrains us. There is no greater emotional energy than the energy that comes from love. All you have to do is look at moms and little kids or grandmoms and little kids. There is no greater emotional energy than comes from that of love. And God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is God's love that compels us into action. It is God's love that motivates us to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is God's love for us that allows us the wonder of the gospel, the good news that we have for this lost world. 
Scripture says, Behold, if God so loved us, should we not love one another? Huh? And God demonstrated his love, right? Toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And what is our message? Verse 14. For the love of God controls us because we conclude this. That one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised again. That is our meshing. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again according to the scriptures. Do you believe that Christ died for you? You had anybody else die for you recently? Anybody else die for you ever? Do you know what that means? That means that if you and I were the last people on earth, God still would have sent his son to die for us. Wow. Good to have Doug Betts home from the military. Doug, we're glad you're home. We're glad you're home for, for a while. <laughs> I was going to say for good. For, for, for a while. It's good you're home. You know, we've had men and women in our military who have died so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have. Amen? It's Memorial Day. That's Decoration Day. Thank a vet. Pray for a vet. They put their lives on the line. But beyond that, Christ died for us because we were all dead. And it is through his death that we all gain life. That is the memorial that we celebrate. And how does that affect our lives? Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Well, what's it say? It says, if any man's in Christ, right? If you're in Christ Jesus, if you know God through his son Jesus Christ, if you've been born again in the family of God, you're in Christ. I think that's great. I'm so thankful, as Dave said, to be an American. I can stand up proud. I don't know why Al Carey and I were having this conversation this past week. God determined that I would be born in America. I could have been born in the Sudan or Haiti or pick your country. But beyond that, I'm in Christ. And nothing will ever separate me from the love of God because it's found in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen? And because that's true, I'm a new creature. I ain't the old guy that you used to know about. You want to hear that story? Talk to Ken Babbitt. Right? It's changed me. I'm different. Now, Connie says, I wish he'd change him some more. <laughs> I'm still here, babe. He ain't done with me yet. So there's still hope for you. 
new creature. And what does that mean? The old has passed away. Actually, it's passing away because it's a progress of progressive sanctification. The new has come, is coming. It's the ministry we have because something is changing in our lives. And it's changing for the glory of our God. And why is it changing? Because of reconciliation. Verse 18, I love this. All this is from God. What all this? Verse 17. The old is changing, the new is coming, right? The new creation stuff in Christ. All this is from God who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, in the Old Testament, it wasn't about reconciliation, it was about atonement. That means that they offered sacrifices that were a temporary covering for sin. You read the Old Testament. And sacrifices had to be offered time and time and time and time and time again, right? I mean, it started in Genesis chapter 4, where Abel offered a sacrifice of the firstling of the flock, and Cain offered a sacrifice of his first fruits, and we know what was accepted by God. And since that time, this sacrifice, this atonement, this covering was necessary. It was necessary in Egypt, wasn't it? Where the blood had to be applied, right? So that the death angel would... That's the Old Testament. Now, now we have reconciliation, not atonement. Reconciliation is a change of position. It's a settling of the accounts. And I want you to understand that Man is reconciled to God. God is not reconciled to man. Do you get that? It's not that somehow God meets our idea of who he is. It's that God has settled our accounts based on his son, Jesus Christ. And he stamped, paid in full. Because Christ died for our sins according to the scripture Romans chapter 5 says for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life and because of that verses 18 and 19 tell us that we have this ministry of reconciliation now does that mean that that we can go around and and say to people that it's paid in full because of our statements and our ministry and what we can know but we can go around and we can say God did this for you and you too can have a new relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ amen and that's for all people isn't that great no matter what our economic position no matter what our demographic no matter where we are This world can have the account settled because of what Jesus Christ has done. Very quickly, the memorial is that we implore you. Now, we talked in verse 11 about persuading others, but look with me at verse 20. 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, you need to know something about ambassadors in that day. Ambassadors in that day were not like they are today where it's a political position put up simply to represent the country. Ambassadors in that day actually had a responsibility. Ambassadors in that day were free from imprisonment for the message that they shared. You know, that's don't shoot the messenger kind of thing. Because the message came from the government. And so they had all kinds of freedom to share what the government wanted people to know. Messengers of that day, ambassadors that day, were sent to illustrate goodwill and affirmation. If you received an ambassador, this was a good thing from the government. And messengers of that day pled the cases of the people that they represented before the government. You and I are ambassadors. <laughs> we are representatives who have, should have no fear of imprisonment nor persecution. Although the scripture says in this world we will suffer persecution. But the reality is he will never leave us nor forsake us so that we can boldly say the Lord is our helper. Amen? What shall man do to us? And we are sent as a goodwill gesture from our God. That's right. For God so loved the world that he did what? Gave, right? And sent us to tell the world that he gave. That's a goodwill gesture. And we plead the case of people. We implore them. But the memorial is a tribute to the fact that the account is settled. Verse 21, right? For our sake, he, God, made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, that is in Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. The prophet Isaiah said, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Wow. And that tells us about the love of God. Right? That's how God loved us. That's how God sent his son. That's why we have this growth and memorial. Recognizing what God has How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Esther is coming to minister to us and share with us that great song. Listen to the words carefully. While she's singing, I'm going to ask that our men make their way to the back, please, and, and be prepared to to celebrate this time of remembrance. Pastor John, if you would join me up front, please. Listen to the words as we understand the ministry of memorial that God has given to us. <laughs> 